Black Views. Tonight's guest is a Chicago-based jazz vocalist named Devon Sandridge. You probably have heard of him. He's getting a lot of buzz with his new CD, The Storyteller. He also reminds you just a little bit of, well, maybe a lot, of uh, Johnny Hartman. But listen, I'm going to stop talking and let us meet him right now. Hey, Devon, what's up? How's it going? All right. How are you? Doing well, doing good, well. Good, good, good. Can you tell me the moment you heard or you saw Johnny Hartman music? When did you really get that urge? I actually remember that very well. It's one of my uh, most distinct jazz memories. Uh, I was about 17 years old, um, and I had just discovered jazz through a friend of mine from college. And, um, you know, I didn't really know much about it. I hadn't really heard it around. You know, of course, it wasn't the music of my, of my generation. So what I did is I actually did the only thing someone my age would do. I went home and I Googled it. And I Googled jazz, you know, and one of the first things that came up was someone named Johnny Hartman. And I honestly never heard of him at that point in time. So I went over to YouTube and I was like, you know, who was Johnny Hartman? And of course, the first thing that came up was that iconic recording with the great John Coltrane. Him I'd heard of. And so I you know, went to the first song that, that popped up on that YouTube page. And there was a song called My One and Only Love. And I played that song and I remember it was about midnight and I'm sitting in my bedroom and I'm listening and the only reaction I had at that time was just tears, you know, because I'd never heard anything like that before. Um, the sensitivity, the delivery, the you know, just the attention to detail to build the story. I never heard that in, in music of my generation for the most part. And that led me down a path that I'm still on today. So he's the reason why I, I started in the music. Okay, what kind of response are you getting when you perform around town? Uh, that's definitely one of the, the, the bigger um, comments that I get is, you know, the how I'm reminiscent to Johnny Hartman. I think a lot of it, of course, has to do with the, um, the similar vocal range. Um, that's a big part of why I was so drawn to him as well is because I didn't hear a lot of people that sounded like me when I say me, well, I mean, uh, like in terms of the vocal range, you know, it's very common to hear uh, a lot of tenors, you know, even in, if we go into the soul era, it's, you know, you hear Marvin Gaye and and you know Sam Cooke, but not too many baritones, basses. That was something that was a lot more common back then. When you talk about Nat King Cole and Billy Eckstein and Joe Williams, so um, Johnny Hartman really, you know, drew my attention because of that vocal range. Wow, wow! Now you also sing in church choir. Yes. What church? Are you from Chicago? 
I am. I'm oh. from Chicago. I moved away when I was uh, uh, 18 years old to go to the military, but um, I did, uh, I did, I came back and I actually live out in Pilsen. I recently moved out to Pilsen from Rogers Park. But um, I did sing in the church choirs on the south side, uh, 4601 South Drexel, a church called uh, Church of God. And um, I joined that choir, I want to say I was about 13. And, um, and of course, you know, there's a lot of tradition there, you know, when you talk about, um, uh, you know, black history, the music, and, you know, the, just the tradition. It, it's, it's, it's very seeped in that. And so um, I definitely was heavily influenced by being, you know, by being in that choir. Okay. And then you went on to the Air Force. Yes. What was happening that sort of helped shape your musical interest during that time period? You know, so see, this is interesting because, um, you know, it's like how does the time in the Air Force help your music career? And um, I would say this. My time in the Air Force, I definitely paint as one of my, one of the pivotal reasons that I am where I am today. Um, because... Being in the military, um, you're largely, especially active duty, you're largely isolated from family. You're, you know, you know, thousands of miles away um, in unknown territory. You were, I was also 18 when I joined, so I was also like learning to grow up and mature and, and, and um, you know, how to be a man and all these things. And, and there's also a lot of um, stressful situations that you encounter, you know. Um, and so what I learned it was one of the biggest things I could hold on to was the music. And I found such solace in, in jazz music at that time. Um, I listened to records almost nonstop. When I wasn't on duty, you could find me. I remember for my 21st birthday party, I mean, my 21st uh, birthday, my parents asked me what I wanted, and I said, I want a record player because you know, the YouTube thing is cool, but I, I got to listen to it at the stores. And so, you know, it was a bit surprising to them, but I got, I got the record player and I just had, you know, just started amassing records and um, definitely got several of Johnny's records and, and uh, just kind of had them on repeat. And um, it really, really helped me learn a lot of tunes, a lot of tunes. And that's what really kind of helped me catch up because, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks um, generally, you know, will go to school for the music and then, you know, progress in that way. But this was kind of my school, was just listening to the greats over and over again. Wow. Now, you said that you had some hardships while you were in the Air Force. What do you mean by that, though? I know stress was, but right. hardships is a big word. What was going on? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, about what you'd expect, uh, you know, you had... Uh, you know, being shipped off here and there, and you know, um, uh, there was a lot of unpredictability and and where you were going to be going, and you know, how long the duty was going to be. Um, uh, you know, even I, I primarily worked outside. I was an airplane mechanic in my okay. time in there, and you know that that in itself was stressful being outside in the heat, working 12, 13, 14 hour shifts, um, and that again is why I really found comfort in my time off, my alone time when I could just do what I wanted to do and that was, you know, listen to the music. So um, it definitely can be really stressful for especially young folks who are, uh, you know, 
still learning, you know, still maturing, still, you know, still maturing emotionally, mentally. Um, and, you know, I think it's a very important thing to find something that grounds you. And I was very fortunate in finding that in the music. So, tell us about Storyteller. Are those original songs or songs that Johnny Hartman did, or how did you put it all together? So this record particularly, there was no original tunes. However, um, there were a couple that I um, got from Johnny Hartman, of course. Um, one of them being a tune entitled Let Me Love You. Uh, that's the first tune on the track. Another one, one of my very, very favorite um, songs ever, is a song called Ballad of the Sad Young Men. That's a song that I got from Johnny Hartman. Uh, he did it on a record, it was actually the very last record he did before he died. It's entitled, This One's for Teddy. Teddy was his wife, and what he did is he selected um, several songs that were some of her favorite songs. And you know, obviously there's a lot of depth there, but you know, hearing Johnny do these songs the way only he could uh, was really inspirational for me, and that was my first exposure, because Battle of the Sad Young Men um, is a rather obscure tune, you know, it was done, um, most people know the Roberta Flack version. Yes, um, yes. Uh, there was a few other recordings here and there, but it was largely a pretty obscure tune. Um, but Johnny does it so beautifully on that record, and when I heard it, I was like, oh, I, I've, I've got to do this one. Um, so it was really special being able to, being able to do that that song, yeah. Ballad of the Sad Young Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to take a minute here and look at the video okay. from the album. There's um, EPK, What a Little Moonlight Can Do. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are now. We're doing that right now. Okay. Ooh, what a little moonlight can do to you. What a little moonlight can do to you. Well, you've written love and your heart's all a flood. And all day long you can only stutter. Cause your poor tongue just will not utter the words I want you. What a little moonlight can do to you. Baby, just wait a while. Until a little moonbeam comes peeking through You'll get bold and you can resist her And all you'll say once you have kissed her is Ooh. Oh, what a little moonlight can do That moonlight, oh, moonlight I really need a little moonlight, oh, what a, well, what a little moonlight can do. Now, Henry Johnson is your mentor, vocal yes. coach, and all that. Yes. How'd you meet him? 
I met Henry Johnson at a local jazz club some years ago. Local meaning Chicago? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, I actually met him through a great drummer named Charles Heath. Um, when I got out of the military, I spoke earlier about how I'd been listening to tunes and learned so many songs and had become, you know, very inundated in, in the jazz and, you know, reading about the history, etc. Um, but I was definitely missing some of the, the finer details about, you know, vocalizing the, you know, the technique. And, um, you know, I, Charles Heath was uh, running a jam session at the time at, uh, over at Andy's Jazz Club. And I was a regular um, participant there. Uh, he saw that I was passionate, but I just needed some, you know, needed some direction, needed some teaching, some coaching. And I happened to be at a session, I mean, at a, um, at a uh, jazz show that he was at. And another one who was on that show was Henry Johnson. So he's like, hey, you know, I know you've been looking for a vocal, for, you know, voice teacher and everything. Mm. He's like, this guy knows everything. You gotta, you gotta, gotta talk to him. So I met him at the show. And he was, of course, if anyone has met, you know, if you've never met Henry Johnson, he's extremely, extremely kind, very knowledgeable, um, really passionate about the music. And I was really fortunate to meet him. Um, and I had a lesson with him. The rest just kind of just blossomed because it was, it forged a, honestly, a, you know, mentorship that has continued till today. Um, he has taught me almost everything I know about being on the bandstand, singing technique, and how to listen, how to learn, what to get from, you know, all these different recordings that I've heard, and so uh, that's how I met Henry Johnson. Cool, cool, cool. Now this is a Black Music Month. Why is it so important that we celebrate Black Music Month? Well, I think it's important because it's part of our history. Um, I will say that as I started out on this jazz journey, there was a lot of folks who I feel were kind of omitted from the public eye in the jazz music. Um, a lot of folks who I feel like were forgotten about. Um, Johnny Harbin, I think, is one who's, who's, un, who's not talking about enough. And I think that if we, one thing that I have learned delving into this history is when you delve into black music history, it automatically brings you to history of civil rights because you can't have one without the other. Some of the first biggest steps and strides that were taken in the civil rights movement actually happened on the bandstand. You know, we saw early integration on the bandstand before we even, before we saw it in any kind of litigation. So um, seeing what, what different folks were doing and going through um, really, really shows you and, and will, it, it really, I, I think it's just our, it's just doing due diligence. It's on us to understand and know and appreciate them for what they did, what they, uh, what they went through, and how it's opened doors for folks like myself today.
Cool, cool. Now you played at Andy's Jazz Club, the Jazz Showcase, City Winery, a whole lot. How are the audiences here in Chicago? How do you find them? Oh, wonderful. They're real hip, you know, because they know, um, you know, there's a lot of folks around who, who know the history and who remember Johnny Hartman when he was playing at the Jazz Showcase and remember Eddie Jefferson and all these cats when they were coming around. Um, and so uh, they know the real thing when they hear it. And, and you know, you can't, Henry always taught me, he's like, you know, you can't fool the audience because they heard the real guys. They heard the real cats. They heard she, uh, you know, Shirley Horn and all them back in the day. So if you're coming around talking about I'm trying to do this and do that, and you're not doing the real thing, good luck to you because you'll get called out, you know. And so, um, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the Chicago, the Chicago, um, you know, music scene and, the, and its supporters, the fans, they're they know what's going on. <laughs> so will you be next? The next public show I have actually will be a week from Monday on June 5th at the Jazz Showcase. I'll be doing um, a show with one of my favorite uh, big bands in Chicago, the Chicago Jazz Orchestra. Okay, yeah. So that'll yeah. be a lot of fun. We usually do a lot of uh, Joe Williams charts there. Mm, okay. Right. Um, I also was going through the uh, online and you know, Googling you and all that, and then I saw something else. I said, wait a minute, is that him? And I looked at your name, Devon Sandridge, baby shower. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's nice, that's nice. Anything you want to share about that? Oh, this is our uh, first one we're, um, we're having, we're having a little girl. Um, and so we're, we're really excited. A little nervous, but uh, we're looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Forward to absolutely. It. Before we go away, I need to ask you one, one, one other question. This is the Black News video podcast. So I always ask the, the guests, who inspired you? Who helped you get to where you are right now? Well, sure. I have a lot of folks to thank, um, both current and past. Um, obviously, currently, you know, I would force, I named Henry Johnson. Some others, you know, D. Alexander, really, really uh, positive force. I think on this scene here in Chicago, really has embraced a lot of young, young musicians and, and helped bring them up. Um, you know, another one, uh, guy out in, in New York, uh, one of <laughs> one of my uh, favorite musicians right now. Um, his name is Johnny O'Neill. Um, uh, guy played back uh, in the Jazz Messengers back in the '80s. Um, Really, really a deep history, uh, great knowledge, and uh, another guy who really pays attention to trying to bring the young folks up. Um, and of course, if we go in the past, it just, you know, I, the list just goes on and on. Of course, Johnny, I mentioned Joe Williams, Billy Eckstein, I think is another one who I think is very, very, very underrated on uh, his impact on the music scene. You know, mm -hmm. starting back with Earl Hines and then brought all these cats in his band, you know, Dexter and Gene Ammons, Blakey, all those cats. Um, another baritone, definitely huge, huge influence on myself. Uh, Nat King Cole, of course. Uh, Freddie Cole, you know, they were over at DuSable High School, you know, yeah. so from Chicago. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of, a lot of impactful folks. Of course, the great Billie Holiday. Uh, I've learned so much about phrasing and, and telling a story and text painting from her. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, there's just so many. <laughs> the list cool, just goes cool, on and on. Cool, cool, cool. Anything else left to say? Anything else on your mind that you want to share while we got you here? Well, uh, you know, I will say one thing um, as another plug for Johnny Hartman. Oh. Um, one thing I, I often like to talk about with, with my generation, um, because I do think it's important that we progress and build, but we need to understand the foundation and where this music is coming from. Um, another plug for Johnny Hartman would be, it's very known that record that he did with John Coltrane. I think for a lot of people, a lot of people have that as one of their quote unquote island records, you know? But he had a whole other career, you know? He had a whole other career of all these songs. And I think a lot of people would really dig a lot of the other works that he did along with that iconic, you know, John Coltrane, Johnny Hartman record. Um, one of my favorite is one called uh, um, I Just Dropped By to Say Hello. Mine too. Absolutely beautiful. You can hear it so clear. Mm. I mean, beautiful group and, oh man, just that song, you just let it, just let it, uh, that record, just let it play. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of folks, especially my age who might be a little less familiar, would really, really dig going into that Johnny Hartman songbook and, and you know, listening to some of his other, other yeah, projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming by. And, and that is all. And that is why. Click and like, y'all. Click and like. <laughs>